0: Welcome into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today is going to be one of my favorite episodes that I may ever do. Um, At least up to this this point, it is one of my favorite episodes. Um, Today is the full U.S. Open recap. I know if you heard my episode a couple weeks ago, I said I I may or may not be able to fit one in in the couple weeks during the U.S. Open, and I was just a little bit too busy with being there that I wasn't able to fit one in, but... I promised you a full recap once the U.S. Open ended, so that's what I'm going to be doing today. I'm going to talk all things upsets. I'm going to talk Rafa, um, the Rafa Medvedev final. I'm going to talk about the people that impressed me at the U.S. Open, and I'm also just going to talk about, you know, mo- most of these people in these upsets and just kind of the whole over overcast of what the U.S. Open was this year. It was electric. It was fun. Um, the crowds were amazing. The matches were even better. The five-setters that would go late. Um, it was just a lot of things happening this year. This year's U.S. Open that makes it so special. And, I mean, that's why people go to the U.S. Open. So, let's start today off with some upsets. Um, this year, a lot of people have been saying this year was the year of the upsets. A lot of people got upset this year. Um, some of the bigger names in men's tennis, like the Djokovic and... Um, The Federer, and then even on the women's side, I mean, Halep, Sloan Stevens, um, Osaka, they all got upset. And if you call Serena getting upset by Andreescu in the final, there's another upset. Um, And I think that's what makes this sport so good is because these people play, these players play all year long. They're playing different tournaments, and at any given tournament, someone could get upset. I mean, look at Cincy. Federer lost to... Andre Rublev. I mean, the stuff like that just happens all the time in this sport, and because of how much they play, there's a lot of upsets. So I think that's why a lot of people like like these, um, like this sport so much. And I mean, that's a big reason why I do as well. I'm gonna start at the top. Um, Taylor Townsend had a phenomenal run at the U.S. Open. She started in qualifiers. She had a couple match points against her. Made it to the main draw, and then beat Simone Halep on a day. That was just a a day match at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Um, It was electric. Kobe Bryant was there. Um, I mean, this is just something special for Taylor Townsend's career. And it's something special I think she'll take forward because um, this year's U.S. Open for her was a milestone. Um, The way she fought through qualies, which she should have lost in qualies. I mean, she had a lot of opportunities to lose in qualies. I'm not going to lie. She had a couple match points against her. She had you know, um, three sets a couple times. I mean, she had to grind to get through qualies, and then she comes in to the main draw and ends up making it to Simone Halep and beats Simona Halep. So, um, good job on Taylor Townsend. That was phenomenal. It was a lot of fun to watch, um, her journey through the U S open and, um, wish her nothing but the best in the future years to come. And I hope she can bring that spark to the U S open because it was electric. Um, let's talk about, um, Dominic team. Got beat by Fabiano. Um, It wasn't a very good match, to be honest. Team didn't play very well. He was the four seed coming in. He lost first round. That one was a little surprising to people. But, um, yeah, I mean, he was out of there quick. So, um, unfortunate for Dominic team and his entire team because um, he's an electric force in the tennis world. A lot of fun to watch. Really good one-hand backhand. Um, But, you know, Fabiano was just a better player that day. Um, But that shocked a lot of people off the bat. Or right off the gates. Um, another one, first round, that shocked a lot of people was the Rublev um, Stefano Sitsipas match. Um, I was fortunate enough to watch a little bit of that match in Armstrong Stadium, and let me tell you, they were whacking the ball, um, putting absolute bruises on these balls. They were. Um, uh, Rublev was playing out of his mind like he has been in this hardcore season, and Sitsipas just didn't look good. Like the regular Stefanos that everyone's been, you know, watching this year. He was missing a lot of backhands. Um, he just looked inconsistent. Uh, I don't know if that had to do with a lot of, you know, him being in the Hamptons the week before and not being at the U.S. Open and maybe getting distracted at this tournament a little bit, which can be easy to do in New York City. Um, but he just didn't look like the Stefanos that. I'm so used to seeing and a lot of other people are used to seeing, but to be honest, this really wasn't that much of an upset because of how good Andre Rublev is. He had a phenomenal hardcore season. Like I said earlier, he beat Roger Federer in Cincy and, you know, coming into the U S open, he had all of the momentum and tennis is a momentum game. So, um, good for Rublev. He had a good tournament. Um, I believe he lost to Berrettini and, this is just another, you know, upset that shocked a lot of people. Uh, Pass came in as the eighth seed and left first round. Um, another big upset, Sloane Stevens um, lost. I'm not going to talk much about this, but she lost first round. I think that was disappointing to a lot of people because at the Mercedes tents all around the U.S. Open, it said, serve like Sloane. And then it was like, oh, Sloane Stevens mini camp in the indoor tennis center. Um and she had a Mercedes camp. And Mercedes really put everything behind Sloane Stevens this year. And she even wore Jordan-branded shoes. Nike put a lot into her. And she lost first round on a night match. Um, packed, Arthur Ashe Stadium, and she just couldn't get the job done. So I think that was disappointing to a lot of people. Another American out early. And this is just something that you know, the Americans got to get better at. You know, As an American, you're going to play some of the best players off the bat I mean you're gonna be playing in Arthur Ashe Stadium all these other players don't have anything to lose against you because everyone's cheering for you so they're just trying to be the villain for the night and it happens a lot Jack Sock lost early I mean stuff like that Americans we just I feel like as Americans I mean I think Justin Thompson might talk about this a little bit better but just got to be a little bit better in the US Open to be honest um Osaka lost to Benchich that was a big upset um right after she beat Coco Goff and we'll talk about Coco Gauff here in a second, but Osaka, um, a little bit disappointing of a of a U.S. Open. She came in, like I said about her, too. So much hype around some of these players, Sitsipas, Sloan Stevens, Osaka, and team even, and they just don't get the job done at the U.S. Open. Um, it's unfortunate for... You know, the sport of tennis to have these people leave so soon, but also on the flip side, it's really good for the sport of tennis because we need to see these other new names, Rublev, up and comer, Benchich, phenomenal, um, and stuff like that. So that's just something that, you know, people are people just need to, you know, understand that these people, these players like Benchich and Rublev are coming up through the ranks and Sitsipas and Osaka and Sloane Steven just need to, you know, step up to the occasion a little bit. Um... Another big upset was d beat beat Nishikori. That was on grandstand, I believe. That was a really good match. d had a phenomenal U.S. Open. Um, that's just another up-and-comer that people really need to look out for because he's playing good tennis. Um, let's get to the big upsets. Um, I believe... There's only one big elephant in the room upset. Oh, besides the Djokovic match. Um, obviously, he was hurt against Stan Wawrinka. He may have come in to the tournament hurt. I, I'm not completely sure on that. Um, I saw some reports that he had some shoulder problems coming into the tournament. Um, but him leaving in the third round or in the third set, To Stan Wawrinka, I don't see a problem with this. A lot of people are like, oh, Joker, of course, because he was going to lose. You'll never see Federer do that. A lot of Fed fans were saying that. It's like this is his job. Like his whole career is on that shoulder. So if the shoulder's not feeling well, and obviously you're – I mean, at this point, you're obviously not going to win the match. You're down two sets to love um, against Stan Wawrinka, who was playing phenomenal that night in Arthur Ashe. Um, He could not miss. I mean, at what point do you just call it quits? And that's what Joker did. I thought it was a good call by him. Um, When you have that much relying on that shoulder of yours, as tennis players do, it's not really worth hurting it worse for a match that you're, that you're frankly not going to win. And he was already going downhill and it was very obvious. So um, that's just a good call by Joker. I, I mean, I respect it. I mean, when you're that good, you need to take care of yourself a little bit. Um, Let's talk about the big elephant in the room, the big upset of the tournament that a lot of people were shocked by. Um, an unbelievable match. Grigor Dimitrov and Roger Federer. Um, this was a match in the quarters that full house at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Uh, Federer said before the match, you know, I don't think there's another player on this tour that plays more like me. Um, they play very similar games. And this was an uneasy feeling in Arthur Ashe stadium. I was in Arthur Ashe stadium for this match. I watched a majority of it and there was just an uneasy feeling. A lot of people were getting upset that, you know, Federer is framing a lot of balls. He framed so many balls that match, which is unlike the man. Um, and he just couldn't get things rolling to be honest. Even, even the sets that he won, it seemed like you won them comfortably. Um, He seemed like he was rolling all the way up until the fourth set, and then he loses the fourth. And then, next thing you know, it's he takes that medical timeout break, and it's all Dimitrov in the fifth. I mean, dominated the fifth set. So, this is something that, you know, Fed said after the match, too, he doesn't want to take anything from Dimitrov. This is Dimitrov's match. Um, This is his night, whatever. Dimitrov did play really good. He couldn't miss Um, leading up to the U.S. Open. He lost something like seven of eight matches or. You know, he wasn't playing very well. And coming in, once he got into the U.S. Open, he played way better. And it showed. He deserved to win this night, I believe. He played. He kept grinding. He kept getting to balls that nobody thought he could get to. And he, frankly, outlasted the king. And down goes Federer. He just outplayed him. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, Fed, you know, took a break and something, you know, in the medical timeout. Maybe to recoup or maybe he was actually hurt. I'm not really sure, but... Grigor Dimitrov straight up beat Roger Federer. So for Federer fans, get over it. I'm a huge Federer fan myself, and this is a match that was all was all Fed at one point, and then it was all Grieger, and then it was all Fed and then it was all Grieger and then it was all Grieger for the rest of the way out. So um this was the biggest upset of the tournament, obviously, because a lot of people thought Federer was gonna, you know, make a make a run in this tournament. And unfortunate for him and his fans, he did not. And this kind of brings me into the final of the U.S. Open, which was the Rafa Medvedev match. But the, you know, this is a tournament that a lot of people thought Feder needed to win. You know, he needed to win a tournament this year to get to twenty-one instead of staying at twenty. And unfortunately for him, that just didn't happen. So um, it's not looking great for Feder to be the best of all time on the Grand Slams list. Um, but. That brings me to my next point of the of the final. Rafael Nadal plays Daniil Medvedev. I actually missed the first two the first two and a half ish sets of this match, and then I caught up with it in the third. And I sat in the nosebleeds, but there was no bad seat for this match. Um, this match was everything that you'd want a final in New York City to be. It was dramatic. It was hardworking. It was hard hitting. It was um, loud. It was entertaining. I mean, this match was everything. Coming into that third set, everyone's like, oh, Rafa's got this. Rafa's got this. After that third set, people are uneasy. I mean, Daniil Medvedev is one heck of a player, and he's had one heck of a hardcourt season. I think arguably he uh, he's had the – I mean, probably not even arguably. He's had the best hardcourt season this year by, like, far – Final, 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 final. Four finals in a row. D.C., Montreal, Cincinnati, New York. I mean, he had a phenomenal hardcourt season. He played so well. He's so consistent, and he gets to everything. He's so lengthy. He's so long, and he knows how to play defense. I'd argue he's probably up there with one of the best defensemen In the game today, I mean, Joker's up there. Monfils is up there. And now Medvedev's up there. He gets to everything. He's so long. Um, He can reach for days. He can slide. He's really good at all that stuff. So this match was really good. And then in the final, or in the final set, in the fifth set, um, just the way it was played. I mean, it was so graceful, so good. Obviously, um, Rafa was too much for him. But if you look at the, the first game of that fifth set, Rafa had a break point against him. I mean, Daniil had a break point or two in that first game that Rafa was in Rafa's first serving game in the fifth set. He breaks him. This is a whole new story. I mean, this might be a, a tie break fifth set, or this might even be a straight up win for Medvedev if he breaks him early. So... um, You know, obviously a super entertaining final. I'm glad I could be there for it. I'm glad I could, you know, be around for that stuff. But um, another big thing that happened during the match was if during the post-match interview, Medvedev goes, in the third quarter, or in the third, not quarter, in the third set, uh, I was thinking about what I was going to say in this post-match interview. (laughs) I mean, it gets the crowd rumbling a little bit. That's funny. And uh, Rafa was even emotional after the match because they were showing a video of, you know all of the accomplishments he's had and the 19 Grand Slams and Medvedev in his fine or in his interview afterwards with ESPN goes. I don't know what they would have shown if I would have won. I mean he's making fun of this. He's making fun of the situation, which is something you really like to see in the sport. Hard competitors they can be so serious on the court, but the second they get off, they can also be good friends and congratulate each other and say they both have a phenomenal ride. Um, congrats to Rafa on 19. He, I. I believe he's 33 years old. Roger's 38. I kind of strongly believe that he will beat Federer's record. I mean, you can't say that he's not win at least two, three, four more French Opens. Rafa isn't, and you know, Fed. Fed's had a a tough year this year. I mean, he lost at Wimbledon. He lost in the semis at the French. He lost in the quarters at the U.S. Open. So, um, and he's not getting any younger. So, those Fed fans, I'm sorry, but I don't believe that he's going to have the most grand slams when it's all said and done. Um, I think Rafa's going to be right, right up there because he's at 19 at 16 is Djokovic and Djokovic is still playing great tennis. He had a shoulder injury this year, but other than that, I mean, he could, he could have won the U S open this year if he didn't have a, that shoulder injury. Um, and then you got, you know, guys like Rafa and Joker. So I think this is something that fed fans really need to look in the face and, kind of acknowledge that he's not he's not he may not be the best one ever to play um another thing I want to talk about is Medvedev and the NYC crowd early in the tournament he kind of flipped the crowd off um he urged on the boos at Armstrong Stadium he was kind of guilty said you guys give me fire and then I think by the time I th- to be honest I think Daniil Medvedev is lucky he made the final for the crowd's sake um at the end the crowd kind of embraced him and the New, New York crowd kind of um enjoyed watching him play and I think it really gave them some time um the relationship between the crowd and Medvedev to you know develop a little bit and both see both sides of the story a bit and just see him grow as a human in this tournament he's still young and he just needs to you know grow up a little bit and he even said that he said I'm human I make mistakes and I truly love the New York City crowd and the U.S. Open crowd, and I cannot be cannot wait to get back next year. So I think from now on out, uh, the U.S. Open crowd is going to absolutely love Daniil Medvedev, and I'm kind of excited about it because I'm a Daniil Medvedev fan. He turned me, and I think it's time that the tennis world starts to enjoy the way he plays. Um, Enough of the final, enough of the upsets. I want to talk about who I was impressed with um, this U.S. Open. I think – there's a, there's a lot of people, obviously, to be impressed with over the span of this U.S. Open, but I, there's, there's a few that really caught my eye, and I want to start with um, Denis Shapovalov. Um, I think he's had a mediocre year. Like I talked about in my podcast with Mason earlier about a month ago, um, he's kind of had a lot of miles put on this year. I mean, he lives in the Bahamas. He now has a new co- coach in Troiki. Um, But, you know, he's just had a tough year this year. He hasn't really made any big strides. And I think this U.S. Open has really given him new confidence. He beat FAA in the first round, and then he made it all the way to play Monfils in the um, fourth round. And this, I was actually in Armstrong for that entire match, and it was unbelievable that match was. They both play great defense. They both are a lot of fun to watch, and they both have electric personalities and electric an electric game um this was something that i was looking forward to and serena was playing in ash and i was like you know what no i want to watch these two because this i think this match could be one of the best matches of the tournament and to be honest if mon didn't play Berrettini in five sets and ash like two days later the shopo and mon match would have been the best match of the tournament so um i think shopo had a really good tournament even though he didn't make it as far as i know he wanted to um this is still a good tournament for him at the end of the year. And I think this is something that's going to turn him around a little bit coming into the next year and the next season um, with the Australian Open next year, um, because he just needed that little boost at the end of this year after having a tough one. Um, another guy I was um, impressed with was Matteo Berrettini, uh, the Italian that made it to the semis against Rafa. A lot of upside there. He's a young 20, I think 21 year old, and he's got a lot, or he may even be 19. Um, he's got he's got a lot of upside to him, and I'm excited to see where his career takes him. He's he's a tall man, and he hits a really hard serve and a solid forehand. So um, he's a little bit more agile than some of the other tall guys on the tour, like Isner and maybe Kevin Anderson. But um, Berrettini's not that tall, but I think he's got a lot of upside to him. He's got a big serve. He's 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 got a good forehand. Um, and he's smart with what he does. So look for a Barrettini to make a run. Um, the most electric man of the U.S. Open this year, Gael Monfils. Um, I couldn't be more... Um, as a Monfils fan, I couldn't be more happy with how his U.S. Open went. Like I said, he had two five-set matches. I think he was the most electric player this year at the U.S. Open. Um, he's starting to play really well. And that's what I've noticed over the course of this year. Is he's starting to you know, come into himself a little bit and he's always been either good or had tough years or whatever. No, I think he's starting to actually play really well. And I think this honestly has a lot to do with having, um, Svitolina on his side. I mean, those two play really well when they're in each other's boxes and they, they walk, they cheer each other on really well. And they're just very involved in each other's games they practice um they were practicing together before Svitolina's semi-final match against Serena um and I think they're just really good for each other in the game um they motivate each other I think they chirp each other a lot and try to get each other to be better I mean this is just really good for both of them and this might be my gems life um segment of the show but they had a really good tournament they had a lot of fun um they have a really good following at this tournament and like I said they were both in each other's player boxes so you know, it was just very entertaining to see them at this tournament and both do really well. I'm glad they both did really well and not one just stayed around to watch the other for the rest of the tournament. Um, and it was good to see them, and I wish them nothing but the best in the future, but super happy to watch Svidalino do really well, and I couldn't be more um, happy to be a Gael Feast fan because of what he did with Chapo and Berrettini, um in the fourth round in the quarters. And he once again proved that he is the most entertaining tennis player on earth and I couldn't be I couldn't be happier to I couldn't be I, I was so stoked to watch him and it was a blast and I can't wait to watch him in the upcoming years I think his fan base grew a lot this US Open um Stan the man had a great tournament um I think he struggled early in the week in the first couple matches not struggle I mean he still played well but um, against center, he played all right, lost a set and just stuff like that. I think, you know, he kind of started slow, but once he played that Joker match, man, he played well. Um, he played phenomenal in that Joker match. His backhand was great. His forehand was great. Um, he couldn't miss. He was rolling over really well on his backhand and this is his serve is on point. And I think, I think he's actually going to start making more runs now. And I'm excited to watch where he goes because Stan, the man, is finally back. And I think tennis needs that because there's a lot of Stanimal fans out there. Um, but one more in person I was impressed by um, Janik or Yannick. I think you pronounce it sinner um, played Stan, the man first round. And this is a tall young man from Italy and he has a lot of upside to him. He can hit the ball really well. His forehand, he places it like pins on the court here. I want it there here. I want it there. Um, He's got a lot of upside to him. He's young. I believe he's 18 years old. He is just new to the tour, new to you know different things and how professional tennis works. So um, this is a man to watch, Janik Sinner. Um, please watch him in the future. He is phenomenal. He's got a like I said, he's got a lot of upside to him. And the way he played Stan Wawrinka in the first round was second to none and he's got a lot of upside to him. Um the US Open in general, I just want to speak to my experience. Um it reminded me how big and how powerful the US Open was being there. Um the US Open is I believe the best tennis tournament in the world and the way they do things there just, you know, the bright lights, the big city, how in Arthur Ashe Stadium they have you know the spotlights and the back the the backboard on both sides of the baseline are a video board now and the way they do things is just second to none it's hard to believe you're at a tennis tournament sometimes with some of the things that you see um I think the layout of the land is great um courts 11 and 12 are a great atmosphere to be in those two courts um they kind of meet in the middle they have a they have a huge stands on the outside of both of them and then they're right next to each other and you can watch in the middle um there's a lot of really good matches on there um I mean there's just so many things about the US Open that I think are second to none with a lot of other with a lot of other tournaments. I think people love coming to New York to watch the US Open. I know that I loved it. Um, the way that, you know, it got Grandstand in 17 and the stadium courts outside are just unbelievable. And the whole experience that I had there was positive. The people I met, the players are so nice, Um, which um, didn't catch me by surprise, but it was just um, reassuring to know that, you know, even though these players are some of the biggest names in the world, they're still like the tennis people in the tennis community are some of the kindest people I've ever met. And um, it speaks to volumes even at the highest level that these players are just so kind and so nice and they'll say hi to you they don't care who you are they just um doesn't matter who you are they're just going to say hi have a good night whatever the case may be so um the u.s open in general um is a phenomenal tournament has a lot of great assets to it um and i i hope i get an opportunity to go back next year because this year was second to none and i i had a blast um that does it for my U.S. Open recap. I, If you want to hear more about what I have to say about the U.S. Open or you want to hear more about my experience, feel free to reach out or ask questions, and I can answer them more on my next podcast. Um, you can contact Believe at Believe.com or at Believe Podcast on social media if you want to be a sponsor for this podcast. Um, thank you for tuning in. You can comment to me at JJCersosimo.com. On Twitter or on Instagram at Jacob Sersosimo. Um, I want to I want to know what you guys want to hear. I know upcoming is for the ATP tour is um, Saint Petersburg and Metz. Uh, Goffin is the number one seed at Metz and Saint Petersburg. Saint Petersburg uh, Medvedev's the number one seed. So those tournaments are gonna be really gonna be really fun to watch. Those are on sort of way east or west of us. What doesn't matter which way. Um, Saint Petersburg and Russia and all that stuff. Um, this, they're getting to the Asian part of the tour where, you know. Beijing and Shanghai and all those, um, the big Asian cities is where they'll be playing for this, you know, the downfall of this, um, tennis season and not the downfall, but bringing a wrap to the tennis season. The labor cup starts this weekend, um, on the 20th. So that's going to be always fun to watch. And, um, like I said, if you have anything you want to say, anything you want to bring to my attention, please do. Those are my Instagram and Twitter handles, and I want to hear what you guys want to hear. I appreciate it, and like I said, the U.S. Open was phenomenal, and I really, really wish that each one of my listeners can enjoy the U.S. Open one day. Take care. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture, and the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, that's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel.